talked about bringing our chair, we are all also members of the illustrious Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And that is where the Fortitude Collective's name came from. And the idea around bringing your chair to the table was also birthed from our soror Shirley Chisholm, who says if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair, right? And so we, we kind of adopted that into our mission and our mantra um, of how we move forward and how we want other women to move forward in life by always bringing your chair. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Confidence Restored podcast presented by CC America, also known as Confidence Centers of America and hosted by Tamaria Jordan. This is a show designed to help you build your confidence, increase your faith, and get mentally fit to overcome any trials and tribulations you may encounter. Through personal testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation, Tamaria and guests seek to inspire and uplift you. This message is delivered by us, CCing you on lessons learned in hopes of encouraging you regardless of where you are in life. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to another live taping of the Confidence Restored podcast by CC America. This show is all about faith, inspiration, and transformation, and we are so excited to have with us tonight the fantastic and fabulous ladies of the Fortitude Collective. So you are in for a treat as they share a little bit more about who they are and what they do. So to kick us off, I am going to have each of these beautiful ladies introduce themselves, starting with Ashley. So Ashley, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Um, so I guess you can think of it as your elevator pitch. If you were to meet someone, who would you say Ashley is? Hello, everyone. Um, I, as she mentioned, my name is Ashley. Um, I am a Rochester, New York native. Um, and I am a generational curse breaker. When I think of a 30 second pitch, that is what I lead with. I um, am someone who has strived all my life to kind of set a path for those who come behind me. Um, and also some that come before me. I'm the first in my family to go to college um, and to graduate with a degree. I now have two degrees. Um, which I'm very proud of. And I am a business owner, uh, Curated Creatives LLC, which started in January, is an event curation and travel experience company. Um, it's something that I've dreamed of for a very long time. And after like nine, 10 years of saying, I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it and planning things for people, I just stepped out on faith and um, decided to make it official. I'm also a public servant. I've worked in the nonprofit space for like 22 years at this point. Um, and so I am really about giving back, especially to young black girls um, and kind of just showing people that it's okay to pivot. It's okay to do things differently. It's okay to walk your own path. Um, don't be afraid to fail and you know, to do what makes you happy. So I'm out here trying to live my best life. I love it. Thank you, Ashley. And yes, hats off to you and everything you've accomplished and keep on living your best life. So looking forward to hearing more from you tonight. And next, I'd like to turn it over to Jasia. 
Good. Uh, hi, everybody. I'm Jacia Smith. Um, I liked Ashley's introduction, so now I'm thinking of how I would describe myself. And I like to think that I am a revolutionary change agent. So for a long time, people are very comfortable with gradual change and slow change. So I like to come and disrupt norms and, and make things new that need to be re-examined and, and rethought. So uh, professionally, I'm an attorney. Um, I'm a public servant as well. But I think my biggest thing is I am a good troublemaker. So if there are things that need to be said, I will say it. If there are systems that need to be challenged, I will challenge it. Um, so for me, I am a revolutionary change agent. That's just it. I love it. And we are happy to have the revolution televised tonight, okay? <laughs> so congrats to you as well. And now I'd like to turn it over to Taquanda. Good evening, everyone. Um, I'm Taquanda Hill. Um, I'm a mom. I'm a wife. Um, professionally, I'm a transformational leader. Um, I am known to just get stuff done. <laughs> um, I am... I'm at a point right now in my life where I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm excited, I'm fulfilled, I'm unleashed, I'm taking risks. Um, I wouldn't say that I'm living on purpose right now, but I, I feel like I'm, 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 I'm finding my way and I'm enjoying it. But most importantly, I'm creating a space for women and I'm intentional about bringing women along. Um, I'm breaking barriers. Um, I'm, I'm going indoors and I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I need to do to get done. I am an up and coming transformational leader that's making big moves and I'm excited. Amen. And I'm excited as well. And um, welcome back to the show to our transformational leader, Taquanda. And now turning it over to Tamika. Hello. I'm just excited and motivated just listening to everybody introduce themselves. Um, my name is Tamika, and I am a wife, mother, daughter, sister, friend, educator. Uh, I like to think of myself as an advocate. I'm very passionate about equity, access, and inclusion, especially as it relates to education and those who are the most marginalized in our country and our system. Um, and I am at a point in my life where I am ready for all the next steps and I am making room for everything that um, God has in store for me and that has already put on the path before me that is just mine to claim, receive and um, overflow and do. And um, yeah, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about all, all that's to come. Amen. And we're excited to have you here as well, Tamika. Hats off to you too. Um, so let me just recap real quick what I heard. We have a curse breaker, a revolutionary, a transformational leader, an advocate who is helping others gain access. So I am excited to have you all here. And I would love for you all to tell us more about the Fortitude Collective, because this is a strong group of dynamic women that we have on the show with us right now. And so please share with our guests, what is the mission of the Fortitude Collective? And then even any information you have to share with us with regard to how you got started. I'll take while we, how we got started and I'm gonna yield the mission to one of my colleagues here. But um, you know, the Fortitude Collective, I think was birthed out of uh, just a moment of frustration, right? So being a, uh, women in leadership, there are times and experiences that we have in the workplace where you um, you face these, these barriers or these roadblocks and out of frustration, you just want to be able to call somebody and say, you ain't going to believe what they did in this meeting today, right? 
Um, so I think out of that space is just um, as trying to be a leader and trying to make spaces for other people needing to go to a place or um, to be surrounded by people who fill you back up, right? As a leader, you're pouring out of yourself, you're, you're helping your employees, you're helping the organizations that you serve be better and do better. But oftentimes you're pouring out it out of yourself and nobody's pouring into you. So Fortitude Collective is birthed out of needing to have the cup refilled and needing to say, I need a space where I can go with other like-minded women, women of color, my sisters, and say, listen, today was rough. Today was real janky, right? And I need somebody to tell me that I'm not crazy for having lived through this experience. And not only am I not crazy, that I am worthy, that I'm supposed to be here, that my voice matters. So the Fortitude Collective essentially is a space that we created where women can come and just get poured into, right? So that you can be encouraged, that you can hear other stories of other women who are actually uh, being trailblazers in their spaces. And knowing that even in those down moments, there's a whole village of women around here and everything that we need is right here. So oftentimes we're looking to other spaces and other resources, but I believe that everything that we as black women, women of color that we need, we already have it, it's within us. But every once in a while we need to come to a space where we get our crowns straightened and they polish our jewels and remind us that we are more than worthy, we are qualified and that God is in fact making room for our gifts. So that is the, the premise behind um, the Fortitude Collective. We have an official mission, but that's what space we like to curate. I use that word from Ashley. We like to curate a space where women feel seen and heard and valued. And that really is our mission, really, to create a space for the next generation of Black and Brown women that reaffirms, supports, and encourages them to bring their chair to every space they occupy, right? So like we all bought our chair here tonight. We're all bringing a chair, we're bringing whatever that looks like, whatever that chair might be to us in that moment in time and feeling confident in bringing that into any room that you walk into and knowing that you belong there and you own that space and your voice should be heard and can be heard in those spaces. Yes. And just elaborating a little bit more on that because we talked about bringing our chair, we are all also members of the illustrious Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And that is where the Fortitude Collective's name came from. And the idea around bringing your chair to the table was also birthed from our soror Shirley Chisholm, who says, if they don't give you a seat at the table, bring a folding chair, right? And so we, we kind of adopted that into our mission and our mantra um, of how we move forward and how we want other women to move forward in life by always bringing your chair. And I think it's important that we stress the fact that, you know, we're, we're in our chair, but we're also owning our spaces. We're showing up, we're ready, we have the tools um, and, you know, we're, we're owning that. So I think that's important that we emphasize that we're bringing our chair to the world. I love everything about this. <laughs> and I can just say that it is very motivational. And I think this is work that definitely should be shared. And my hope is that thousands, millions of people will be able to hear what you all are doing and the impact that you can have on our community. So speaking of bringing your chair, in February, the Fortitude Collective hosted its first conference, I Brought My Chair, Solidifying the Role of Black Women in Leadership. Can you tell us more about the event? What prompted you to host that particular conference and the outcome or anything else that any of you would like to share about that experience? 
All right. So our first virtual conference, I think, um, was the um, the end of us toiling together as uh, first girlfriends of, of, of women who um, have relationship with each other, but actually like trying to do business together. So that's another layer of friendship or sisterhood. Like it's all good when you are just brunching and being sorors and hanging out together. But when you venture um, into doing a business together, it, it tests and tries those, uh, those relationships. So I'm thankful for these three women that they have <laughs> endeavored on this journey with us. So I say all that to say that we had these grand ideas about uh, having a, a conference. We have been uh, in the midst of COVID for almost a year at that time. So virtual was the option that we had, but we thought it was important to bring women from different walks of life. So one of the things that I'm really proud of about our first conference is that we had very young women who are like newly into their career. We had some women who are middle career and then we had some people who are more seasoned in their roles and being able to hear their perspectives from their different industries was awesome. Uh, we had over a hundred women there and they actually stayed throughout the day. So we, you know, broke the day from um, a general session and then we broke into separate breakouts. But uh, for me, I think what was very, um, did my heart good as the old people say, was that we had women from all different walks of life, from different states, um, from different age group, different demographics and just different spaces in their, in their womanhood. But I think that we all felt filled after that day, right? So something that we had, you know, talked about over a random disjointed conversations and text messages ended up being a very uh, good experience when my mother was on and my cousins were on and my, my line sisters were there. But it was a space where I felt that we were just getting started. So the one thing I could say about the first conference was it was good, but it was just like just the open. It was just the, the tip of the iceberg. But our ability to bring women together from various um, walks of life with various and such rich experiences for me was what was needed, particularly at that time, right? We like almost a year into COVID, we had been, you know, stretched as mothers who had now had to like work with kids being at home or stretched as professionals who had to switch to completely remote. And for me as a government leader, working in the office through the entire pandemic, right? So there were different spaces and feelings, but I felt for us, it was a success because everybody left feeling good and feeling uh, those warm and fuzzies that you just need to kind of propel you through the through the moments that are not good, right? Because COVID was rough, it still is rough. And those uh, periods of isolation and like not knowing what's happening with your career and people have been laid off. So where all these things were happening, but for those three hours, we were in our glory. We were in our full selves with our, you know, different hair and makeup and backgrounds and, you know, in our, in our camera. So it was just um, everything that's beautiful about black women was on display. So it was, it was phenomenal, but that is just the beginning of greater things to come. Yes. I love that. Does anyone have anything they would like to add with regard to your experience? I would say it was right on time. It's like, you know, we were coming up on, I guess this year, is it this year, the year of the woman? And it was like all of the topics, everything with DE&I on the rise. It was like, we couldn't have pulled that off at a better time. Like our timing was perfect. And like Jacia said, you know, I walked away very full um, having 100 women sit on a virtual conference for three hours. I mean, no one really dropped. Everyone was engaged. We had a DJ. I mean, it was just like we felt together, connected. Um, I had my family on too. And and then the, what even was um, more enlightened is just the appetite for more. Um, people are still saying, okay, let's continue this conversation. Let's do more. And then you're getting that conversation in your spaces of where you work. Um, it's just a lot of women like us 
that's doing great things. And I, I just think that we couldn't have came at a better time. And I think, you know, like you said, that was just the beginning, but I think the timing was perfect. And I want to congratulate you all because that, like you said, to go from having the vision, the text messages, the conversations, the fact, like you said, you all pulled it off and you made it work, but you also were able to give back to so many people. And you're right um, with regard to the timing, because now with regard to diversity, equity, inclusion, as, as you all have mentioned, um, it is certainly the time to have the conversation, especially when we think about wages and other situations in the workplace where we are underrepresented. But I love that you are encouraging women, especially Black women, to bring their own chairs. Yes. So speaking of which, um, you all mentioned, you know, you're the individuals staying on the entire time and being hungry for more. What can our listeners expect from the Fortitude Collective? So right now we are in the midst of planning for our next conference. Um, we had a planning retreat in August, uh, end, end of July, August. And so we are gearing up to make things bigger and better. Um, as Jasia and uh, Taquana talked about, you know, people were hungry for more and wanted to know what else we can do. And we still need those spaces, right? That environment that we created in February is still necessary. Um, and so we're being more intentional about what that looks like going forward. And we, while the conference was the first and like Jacia said, the tip of the iceberg, and we will be doing another conference in 2020, 2022, sorry. Um, we also want to bring more things to those who want to engage with the Fortitude Collective. And so from our retreat in the summer, you know, we, we've been cooking up some ideas and are excited to like officially launch things in 2022. Yeah, so we are certainly looking forward to that. So I know that you all have been learning things on your journey, and I love your introductions and just the diversity of the group that we have on the phone today. Um, so with regard to your journeys in life, so it can be related to life, work, um, whatever you decide to share, what are some of the most impactful lessons you have learned to date? And I will let you all decide who takes this one first. Well, I'll, I'll go first just because I have something um, that just happened recently at work with one of my uh, staff. I think what I have learned and has been very impactful just during this pandemic is that work is work. And if I leave work tomorrow or something happens to me, they will find another me to get that job done. So as much as I wanna love work and be committed to the work, it is what it is. It, it's the work and they will replace me and they will move on. So I can be committed and I can love it, but it doesn't have to be the all being, the everything. And I think that I had gotten to a point where my work, my students, my staff was so important and I was so consumed by it that having that time away from it made me realize, one, yes, I do love this work, but it is hard work doing inclusion work, equity work, diversity work, trying to make sure that people have access, trying to convince people that people having access is important. It's draining, it's consuming. Um, so finding those things that keep you motivated and keep you going. And um, 
I actually have a staff member right now who is who has cancer. And so just going through that process with them has humbled me and it has motivated me more to kind of grab onto those other things in life that are important and that I want to spend time doing. So making time to go to my kids' football practices, not missing them, making sure that um, I'm spending time reading or working out and taking care of myself. Because if I don't take care of me, then I can't do all the other 500 things that I feel like are important. So that's been the most impactful thing that I think I've learned just through the pandemic. I love that. Tamika, Tamika, I just want to say that that is hilarious. You said that much more eloquently than I did because I was going to jump on and say, quit your job if you feel like quit your job. That was the impactful thing that I learned. I tell my friends that all the time, but that is what you, what you said is so true. And like I said, you said it much better than I was going to say it. It was wrapped up. You know, I, I appreciate that, but I, I I think that that is also a lesson. And I've, I, I think I learned that some time ago. I think it was around the very first time I moved to Maryland, um, which was seven years ago. Um, but that I learned that lesson, like it's okay to, we like Tamika said, we are so wrapped up in our work and in our jobs or careers, whichever one you're in and whatever word you like to use for it. Um, and we care so much and we, you know, make ourselves sick and we stay in unhealthy situations, um, when it comes to work and careers and forget that there is life outside of that. Right. And Josia talked earlier about God makes room for your gifts and staying somewhere that's making you sick and you unhappy and, you know, things and you're neglecting you know, parts of life that are also very important um, is something to kind of rethink and not be uh, too afraid to say, I need to do something different. Our conference talked a lot about pivoting um, and being able and not being afraid. Um, Me, I myself um, spoke at the conference about just not, it's okay to walk in faith and fear, right? Things are scary. Things are scary. It takes a lot to, to change um, sometimes. But listen, we get one life. That's it. And we don't want to come to the end of it talking about our shoulda, coulda, wouldas, or I wasted time, or I you know poured all my life into my work or my job or him or her or whatever it is, and just realizing that there was so much more that you wanted to do that you could have done. Um, so yeah, I say all that to say, if you want to quit that job and find you another job, quit that job. Stats say right now, what, 4.9 million people or something like that is have quit their jobs in the last few months and it's a mass exodus. That's right, leave. Put them walking shoes on and go. There will <laughs> always be something for you. I just want you to know that, especially if you are willing to show up and, and, and carry your chair when you get there. That's all right. It's going to be a seat always for you. Um, so yes, I, I, I echo what Tamika says. And uh, one more lesson that I've learned is that I combine two of my favorite quotes, well, a song and a quote, but you know, we only have a minute in this world, right? And so with that minute, like, I hope you dance. I hope you 
find that joy. I hope you, you know, figure it out what you're passionate about and what inspires you and motivates you. And, um, you know, and, and do that. And it's not always just about work and it's not always about a relationship and it's not always about family, right? It's about you. And so, you know, with your minute, I hope you dance. Yeah, that's great. I, I would say I, I have two impactful things. Um, one is, and you've probably heard me say this a million times, but every no is a better yes. Like I, I take that with me everywhere I go. That's my mantra. And I also would say, you know, I am a, it's funny because I think that even if I was to get a million whatever dollars or whatever, I think I would still always have a space in corporate because I've found my space and that's changed transformation in people. And now I'm doing a lot of work in DE&I and I've hooked on to quote, you can't be what you don't see. So I'm on my own mission to make that path for young girls because I have a little girl that's looking at me every day. So I would say, you know, just from, from that alone, something recently that was impactful was I, I had a one-on-one -on -one with one of my leaders um, and he told me to enjoy the present. Sometimes you're so gun-hole about that next, whatever that next is, whatever that next is, and you don't even get time to enjoy the, spe the present, you know, that right there was kind of a, a wake up call for me because I don't, I'm always thinking about what, what I got to do next, what I got to do next. And now I'm in a, a I could say it's a transitionary state where I'm actually trying to slow down and enjoy the present. And I'm actually loving what I do and there's impact tied to it. So I guess, you know, and with all those no's that I had before, it finally got to me to a space where my yeses have become so sweet. That was good. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, for me, I think that the biggest lesson that I've learned on my journey is that like who your circle is matters. I have been immensely blessed with some sister circles that I will stand up against anybody. Um, I wholeheartedly believe everything that I need, I already have it within one of my, my sister circles. But you need those circles to, to hold you accountable to have a story about this group. So after, you know, we're done with the conference and we're doing like our pluses and deltas, things that went well and things that went in that didn't go well. Um, it was an aha moment for me when they were like, you was a little bit janky, girl. You didn't carry your weight all the time, right? Because I'm in a space professionally where I'm the boss and people can't really tell me that I'm not doing that. You know, I have a boss, but other than that, it's not that many opportunities for people to give me critiquing feedback, right? Um, so I needed this space to hold me accountable. And from there, I've been checking myself at work, like in my other commitments, like am I showing up and like actually giving up myself? But I needed this circle to be like, you good, but you could have done this thing a little bit better. But at the same time, in those moments where I need to be, be affirmed or I need to be supported, I have friends who will speak my name in rooms I've never been to, right? Um, and that will make connections for me because of the, the part that I play in their life. So for me, the biggest thing I've learned on this journey is you cannot do it alone, right? As smart as we are, as resourceful as we are, like we were, we were made to be connected. So one of the things that I do struggle with is that I try to connect with everybody. So if there's 15 events, like me being late this evening, I'm going to try to go to all of them, right? Because I believe in the power of connection and the power of people being connected. So for me, it's like understanding that you have to have someone somewhere um, the, to help you along this journey, but then the burden of once you get here to always reach back. So, you know, in doing all this DEI work that we've been uh, engaged in over the last couple of years, I know I have a blind spot. 
and black women are my blind spot. Like, and I know that, and that's something that I own and I'm aware of, but I'm also okay with not changing, right? So there's a lot of times we want to fit into these molds. Like I do have a commitment to black women in the workspace. I have a commitment to them being better, to them having more opportunities. And I'm okay with the consequences that that carries along with it. Um, because I know that it's through those connections and through people actually connecting that we get to be our best selves and to be our best places. Like you, you know, it's it's a great thing when you have friends around you who are speaking your names in rooms that you haven't had, making opportunities available to you, connecting the dots for you, and then you doing the same thing for each other. So for me, I love it when I get to connect some things for, for my friends or family and say, hey, I heard about this thing, you should do that. So um, understanding that even though we are mighty and we are magic, we are not meant to do this thing by ourselves. So finding a great network of other people um, that can support you on this journey and hold you accountable when you get a little janky. <laughs> I love it, ladies. That is so beautiful. And I love that you all have each other and um, that you all are sharing your mighty magic with all of us. So um, thank you. So as a team, you all wear many different hats as you've shared earlier. We've talked about entrepreneurship, education, leadership, um, being an attorney. There's so many different hats that you all wear. How do you manage everything that you have going on? Because even with the Fortitude Collective, that in and of itself is another entrepreneurship venture. So how do you maintain a healthy work-life balance? Okay, go ahead, Taquanda. Yes. <laughs> you don't. Sometimes it's going to have to fall. It's going to have to fall and you're going to have to be okay with that. You, you can't manage it all. You can try all you want to, but it's okay to say it ain't together. Can I use your term to see it? It's janky, but we can roll with it and get it done. You can't. That's my version of it. I'm just like, you know, I've come to the point now where you can't manage it all, but I can manage at that time what I need to manage. Mm-hmm. Well, for me, uh, Tamika gave me a very useful tool that I've just started using over the last six months, and it's actually my calendar. So now at least I can see my conflicts. I know it sounds so simple. It sounds so simple. But now I can see my conflicts. I can actually see that I'm overbooking myself and I can try to better. So for me, I am a, a chronic overbooker. I overcommit my time, overcommit my re. I'm just like I I, ha- I struggle with the no. I'm working on it, but it's a it's a room for improvement. So hopefully at the next Fortitude Collective conference, we're gonna have somebody talking about how you the art of saying no because I I need some um, development in that space. But for me, at least now I get to see that girl, you're doing too much, right? So now <laughs> I was before I was in denial. Now I can see it, and the next phase is curtailing and saying no sometimes. So for me, it's like the simple things, a to-do list, a calendar. It helps. It sounds so elementary, but since I started using my Google Calendar, my life has been a little bit better. I think you can say things like, I have four things on Sunday. I got to do four things on Sunday, and they all around the same time. That's the problem. Everything for her is all around the same time. Exactly. Is your work calendar like that? Because mine, I have like five meetings at 10 a.m. I done accepted them all. (laughs) Um, For me, it's, I think, because I have this idea in my head of what self-care is supposed to look like, right? So people are like, oh, self-care, I go to yoga, or I do this, or I do that. So then it makes you feel like you're not doing self-care. But for me, my self-care came when it was, let me stop being a mom for two seconds, a wife for two seconds, everything to everybody else. 
and do what Tamika wants to do, right? So Tamika wanted to start a consulting business. I did that. I want to go get up and work out or go work out on lunch. I do that. So it's me doing the things that I want to do while still being able to be those other things as well. That's how I feel like I pour into myself and take care of myself. Because at one point in time, I wasn't doing any of those things I wanted to do. And I was starting to resent all the other things that I had to do. Mm -hmm. So now I, my self-care is that I found balance with being who I want to be and the things that are important to me while balancing all the other things as well. Yeah, I think for me, I try to, I'm always, my friend says all the time, Ash, you're not doing nothing if you're not doing the most. So I am always doing the most, let's be clear. But <laughs> I also feel like I have scaled back a lot. Um, so I think for me, it's my definition of work-life balance. I mean, I've been, I've worked three to four jobs at one time, right? I've worked a job where I literally worked 23 hours straight, right? And, I, and it was not a doctor or a medical practice, right? So like, I've done a lot of different things in life around work. And I started to say, you know, with a pick that it came when, so I, I taught English in South Korea, um, like 11 years ago. And that experience was where I kind of learned my work-life balance. Um, it was so stress-free over there. I went to work, I went home, that was it, right? Um, and so when I came back to the States, I was like, yeah, I'm not working three to four jobs no more. Like, I don't ever want to be in a space where I feel like I have to do that. And talking about being a generational curse breaker, I'm always trying to outrun myself right? Because I don't ever want to feel like I'm behind um, and that I'm not living up to a label that I, I've given myself. Um, and so I was like, I don't want to work three to four jobs. I don't want to work where I'm, you know, I got to be answering emails at eight o'clock, 10 o'clock at night. I got to be glued to, you know, a screen or text messages or whatever. And I love traveling. So that's it. That's what I do. I, I cut back on my hours, sometimes I don't answer phone calls or Teams messages or emails until the next morning when work starts again. Um, and if I see a flight deal, I book it. I'm not waiting <laughs> for no PTO. I'm gonna book my flight and then I'm gonna let you know I'm leaving. So that is how <laughs> I have found my work-life balance. And it's easier because I don't have a husband or any kids so I can get up and go. Um, a little bit easier uh, than some of my sorors on this call. Um, but definitely, I'm like, listen, travel keeps me sane, so I'm going to do it. And we just have to figure the rest out. Yeah, I, I, I would it. say I'm still working on the self-care. I will say that. I recognize I can't manage it all. But as far as the self, um, I'm still working on that. That's an opportunity for me. because A lot of times I, I can get caught up but I love to travel too. So, but I'm working on self-care. I'm, I'm trying to find that in the calendar. I did go to the gym today. I mean, not today, Monday. I went once. <laughs> I felt Say good time. too. I'm like, oh, that's good. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I, I ain't been back since, but I'm trying. Progress. They asked me, when you book that deal, Carla, <laughs> they have, sure. look, trips to Dubai for $500. Now I'm about a trip. I'm about a trip. Uh, Sia and I went to, 
Rome and Paris for what was it, seven hundred dollars for a week? We what? Yeah, we'd be out here in these. Oh wow, that's <laughs> awesome. Yeah, so thank you all for sharing. And what I love is just the diversity of experience and thought. It's it's beautiful. So I know we've been talking about diversity, um, but it, it's true. All of you bring something so special to the Fortitude Collective. So how can our listeners connect, connect excuse me, with you all? So I'll say right now, um, we are working on our social media platforms right now. So we do have an Instagram, it's in construction. Um, we're working on improving that, but it's the Fortitude, the IG handle is the Fortitude, um, dot, Fortitude Collective IBMC. Um, we also have, that's our email address as well. Uh, and we have a Facebook page. But again, um, like Ashley said, we're coming back, rebranding ourselves in 2022. So a lot of that will um, we can definitely share our personal IG handles um, as well as our um, other social media handles to get in, in touch with us. But you will see more. You will see new branding um, coming to you very soon. But we will still be the Fortitude Collective. Yes, we yeah. will. <laughs> Bringing our chairs. Yeah, I love it. The strength. I am here for it. So uh, for all of our listeners, I will put their IG handles in the show notes, but please feel free to share them now as well. Well, you so, can find me at <laughs> Cia DeLoyer, that's C-I-A-D-A-L-A-W-Y-E-R, Cia DeLoyer, that's on Instagram. And I am Foxy26, that's F-O-X-C-I-E-2-6, that's my personal IG handle, but you can also find my business page at curated underscore underscore creatives on IG, so curated underscore underscore creatives. For those who don't know how to spell curated, it's C-U-R-A-T-E-D. And my, my Instagram is browneyes719, B-R-W-N-E-Y-E-Z 719. And if you need a diversity, equity, inclusion consultant, you can find my uh, business page, which is Beyond Boundaries Consulting at BBC underscore 585. Mine is Quanda32, or if you want to find me on Facebook, it's Taquanda Hill. Fantastic. Thank you so much, ladies. And before we wrap up tonight's show, I love to ask all of our guests for a personal affirmation. So for this one, I'm going to start with Jasia. Ooh, so for me, mine is, is actually a Bible verse. It's Philippians 4.13. I have it tattooed along with my sister circle of girlfriends. And I truly believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So that is what I believe in, in my darkest moments, in my highest moments. Um, me and God got all this thing wrapped up. Amen to that. And to Kwanda. Can't be what you don't see. I love it. Ashley? Um, see, I thought about this beforehand and I don't really, uh, affirmation. Um, book it i'm just joking <laughs> <laughs> that's a good one that's a good one right um uh, yeah okay i mean i think i i say to myself a lot i am who i am 
I am who I am. And, you know, at, at the time, it could be one thing, you know, two months from now, it might be something else. Um, but, you know, I am who I am. And right now, um, I am a woman who is finding her way to something better. Beautiful. And Tamika. Um, I also have the Philippians 413 tattoo. So that's definitely one of them. But my other one would be delay is not denial. Fantastic. Well, I just want to thank you all on behalf of myself and our listeners for spending time with us tonight, for dropping so much knowledge and nuggets and sharing, uh, being authentically you all. So we are so grateful to have the Fortitude Collective on the Confidence Restored podcast by CC America. And to all of our listeners and to the Fortitude team, until next time, We hope and pray that you all will be blessed and continue to prosper. And on that note, have a good night. Thank you for tuning in to another live taping of the Confidence Restored podcast by CC America. We are grateful that you tune in week after week and join us for testimonies of faith, inspiration, and transformation. Please be sure to rate, comment, and subscribe and let others know that you are listening to the Confidence Restored podcast. You can also now buy us a coffee to show appreciation at buymeacoffee.com forward slash CC America. Until next time, be blessed.